welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 109. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I've got a couple of beans on the line with me. Tonight we have Chewy. How's it going mate? Good mate. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all the listeners out there. Yeah, that's right. That happened in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> it's, it's just been one continuation of the same last two years, so I haven't, haven't really noticed the difference. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get into that soon. Uh, we also have Cracker. How's it going, mate? I'm good, thanks, buddy. Very good. So we had a bit of a break. What was it, like three weeks uh, since our no, last episode No, we did the interview released? with Azzy G, uh, and then, so I think we had two weeks. To, uh, well, it's three yeah, weeks it's- since that since that episode released, and so we we recorded the week before. So it's nearly a month since we actually recorded a uh, an episode, which is uh, quite a long time for uh, for us. Had to look up the uh, the episode numbers and try and remember how to do an intro and all that sort of stuff. So that's been the longest hiatus we've had since we've started, actually. So wow, yeah. Uh, are you guys uh, feeling fresh and refreshed? Because I'm not. <laughs> Uh, I am. Like today was nice and hot. I set up the pool and I've. Oh, you're still on holidays. For, yeah, the rest of us have been for two swims. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not back at work till next week. So, yeah, it was good. I shoveled a whole bunch of goat turds this morning and chook poo. So, uh, that was that was exciting. <laughs> I mean, you bought them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for, uh, for Ryan to get big enough that I can start getting him to do the jobs because there's no way the other two are going to do them. I thought for a second there you were referring to your kids as the goat turds, but yeah, okay. Got it. Right. <laughs> just shovel them up and throw them in the pool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yep. But yeah, we, uh, we did have a bit of a break, which is uh, definitely good for us. We, we needed a little bit of a break from all the things we'd been doing and uh, yeah, a bit of downtime from work. And uh, a chance to actually catch up, which we certainly did over the Christmas break. Uh, we also got to catch up with a couple of people from our Beans community, which was awesome. But uh, before we get into all the things we want to talk about tonight, uh, we're going to talk about our awesome sponsors who've decided to come back on board again for some strange reason and continue their support of this dumb podcast. So, Dewey, do you want to tell us all about uh, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar? My pleasure. So the Magic Beans podcast and our tournament series, which we'll talk about a little bit later, is brought to you by the fine folk at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. So if you head over to jpmtgbazaar.com.au, that'll direct you straight to their Facebook page where you can bid on physical magic cards. They have auctions seven nights a week. The auctions on the weekend are primo. Uh, all of the sort of high-end stuff, it's super pretty to look at. I can't afford any of them, but I love looking. <laughs> and you, uh, yeah, you can uh, bid on some cards there, get an absolute bargain. They have tokens uh, for, uh, and they've got a whole library of tokens, and including the Not the Threat token. And our previous MV winner is working with Pat and the artist on their custom token. So pretty exciting. Uh, you can foil out your, well, not foil out, you can bling out your cube or whatever deck you're playing with Josh and Pat's tokens, they're pretty amazing. And when you do win an auction, please tell them that the Beans sent you, and then they keep showing us the love, which means that we can still have these tournament series and show you the love. Great little ecosystem. Spend the money, win the money back, but you've still got Magic Card C coming out ahead. It's amazing. Get on them. <laughs> you're always coming out ahead when you're getting more Magic Cards. That's, that's the way it works. It's, it's just value. Magic players love value. Yes, and and, yes, and the uh, thing is, you win a magic card from Josh and Pat, you get a token. It's a two for one. It's amazing. Oh, yes, what, what more could you go. want? What more could you want? Yep, a uh, three for one. That'd be nice. Well, th- then you're getting these free <laughs> tournament series from the beat. So <laughs> it's it's ancestral recall every time you win an auction. Yep. Yeah. And there's also the buy it now stuff that Pat's doing these days. So when he's posting up the uh, the auction stuff, there's also a thing for cards uh, that you can just buy now for the uh, the set price so uh, there's a big posting with a whole list of cards and their their prices which are very very competitive prices and you can just comment on their sold and bang done it's yep, just like first you bought them from from a store and you've got to be very very quick because uh, the prices are so good that most things sell within the first like five minutes that they they get posted so definitely check out those and uh, yeah grab yourself an absolute bargain so like I said, we did have a bit of a break, but there hasn't been that much going on in the magic world. It's, you know, we've, we've been on, on holidays, as has 
all the Wizards people. So not a lot going on, no major tournaments, all that sort of thing. Uh, but we we caught we've caught up quite a few times actually over the past few weeks. Uh, we you know we caught up over Christmas, but before Christmas we actually played some modern. I don't think we spoke about. It. I think that was after we recorded the last podcast. Is that right, Cracker? It was. It was definitely after, and I was glad of that because I wasn't sure how I could justify on the cast playing a mono white deck. So. <laughs> it's not really a mono white. I mean, it is mono white. If you head to at Magic Beans Cast on Twitter and just scroll down, there is photo evidence of Cracker with a basic planes in play. So yep. <sighs> and let's not find out how my record went because those planes. Got their comeuppance pretty <laughs> I mean, you, savagely. You, you, you had a pretty tough round one opponent, so uh, <laughs> not, was, not surprise. <laughs> it was great. Uh, so, was yeah, a round tell, one tell opponent us, us better that. than my round four opponent? I'm not sure. Uh, well, you, his round one opponent forgot Actually, many more triggers I, I than, think, uh, I think than my round, round one four opponent, opponent did. Yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> yes. So, my round one opponent was Shorty, which invariably happens. But, yeah, we went to, we went to play at... Um, Oh, I've gone playing the name of the store. Games, Portal. Games, Games Portal. Portal. That's right. Yep. Um, in Ringwood. And a whole bunch of the beans turned up. It was us and Chris. And yeah, Tom D was there from the Discord, Envy Competitor. Yep. And yeah, we we sleeved up modern decks for the first time in <laughs> forever. We, what did we work it out? Like two years? <laughs> I, I think the last time I played modern in an event was Hogak meta. <laughs> it was legal, I'm pretty sure. Was was the last time I played. So that's Modern Horizons one. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I I played Hammer Time. Uh, I wanted something that was pretty straightforward because I haven't played Modern in for forever and I didn't know anything about how to play complicated decks. And I had a lot of fun. Like I got absolutely rolled and had a great time doing it. So yeah, it was was sweet to just play in store with you know some stakes, actual people. Yeah, actual like. You know, people you haven't met before, and you know, you, like talking to people between rounds again. about what happened uh, was so much fun. Like, I, I, I really cherished that. There was, you know, we've pl- I've played a lot of Magic, more Magic, and we spoke about this uh, at the end of last year. Like, we played, I played more Magic last year than I've played in a really long time, but it's all been Arena. But playing and then like seeking out you guys, or you know, one of the guys that I know from from that Ringwood store. And going, how'd you do? Oh, like they did this and oh, they had the, you know, this and that and, you know, good beat stories, bad beat stories, that sort of stuff. That's the stuff that I really, really love. In The in-between rounds when we're, um, you know, sharing those, you know, the events of, of what happened the previous round is just the most fun. And yeah, it was, it was great. I, I played an old faithful deck. I looked at all of the super exciting, spicy new modern decks that I really, really wanted to play, and then I goldfished Eldrazi Tron, and I'm like, I really like this deck, uh, <laughs> and I played it, and I think I went two-two, but you know that was pretty rusty, and you know it, it may be a little underpowered in the current meta, but it, it felt like you know just like playing Paper Magic with people people and people that I, I enjoy spending time with catching up with old friends playing that deck again felt like catching up with an old friend so I, I got a two for one there so yeah it's uh, really really good what about you shorty what did you play I know you played against both cracker and I to a 50% record and you played something a little newer and a little more spicy well I mean I played I played an old faithful but it was a, a newer version of it so I played uh, Grixis Death Shadow which I've played many many times in modern but the new version is substantially different to the old version. Uh, modern is very much a Modern Horizons 2 format now, and, and we may touch on that in a minute, but yeah, it, it, the deck looked uh, very not <laughs> similar to the previous versions, other than, I guess, Death Shadows and Mishra's Baubles and a whole bunch of fetch lands and shock lands. There was uh, not a lot the same. Uh, went in completely blind, hadn't played a, a single match of, of that deck, hadn't goldfished it, just took the list and uh, and got borrowed some cards from Chris and, and away we went. Missed so many triggers. I don't even know how many Dragon's Rage Channeler uh, surveil triggers I missed and how many Mishra's Bauble draws I forgot to get. And I never remembered to put Lurus in my hand once, <laughs> despite the long game that you and I had, Chewy, where I had ample opportunity to put it in my hand and play it and 
get a Mishra's bauble and dig a little little deeper. Nah. <laughs> I, I was actually getting ready to scoop because it's like he puts Lurus in his hand here and then he plays it next turn and it's just completely outvalues me and, and snowballs me. And then it's like, no, he didn't put Lurus in his hand. What counter spell does he have? Why didn't he put Lurus <laughs> Next in his hand? Next turn. Nope. Yeah. Didn't put Lurus in his hand again. And, and I felt like that meme with that lady doing all those calculations. It's like, why hasn't he put Lurus in? And then it, then it dawned on me. Oh, he forgot. He's just forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then I so I went, oh, well, I'll just try to win the game and, and before he remembers that I got there. So, um, yeah, don't forget about your companions, kids. Yeah, yep. And, yeah, tri- triggers in real-life paper is a, is a lot harder. It's too used to playing arena, but, no, it was, it was awesome fun. And I think we're going to go on a tangent here, but... Uh, what you were mentioning before about sort of the catching up with people before or between rounds, Chewy. I know when we sort of first went into lockdown and we were doing, I think it might have been some of the Red Bull events or, or some other big events that were on at the time. And there was a bunch of like a few of us were playing it and a few people from our Discord were playing it as well. And so we're all on at the same time playing set rounds because the, the event was on MTG Melee. And so we had the same thing in between rounds. We would all jump into the same channel on Discord and we'd all have that chat and that banter. And, and yeah, I'd completely forgotten that that was something that we do. And, and it was, yeah, super enjoyable to uh, catch up with people between rounds and just talk about the uh, the bad beats and all the things you forgot. So uh, what are, like we saw a pretty diverse format. Cracker, what were the other decks you faced? So you, you obviously faced me in round one with uh, GDS. What, mm-hmm. what else did you see? I played against Infect, um, Green Black Infect. Which was not, not from Maddie Paulson. No, Maddie Paulson wasn't there. Uh, it was terrifying because the um, black black one two two has got pro white, and my deck <laughs> is is mono white with with the exception of a few artifact creatures. Uh, and then I also played against. I mean, they call it mono blue living end. It's Teema living end now, but basically all the cyclers are um, just blue, and then you've got um, violent outburst and shardless agents for your your cascade things and i lost horrendously to that which felt a bit like being you know again served some comeuppance you know it was a, <laughs> i was like all right well i guess i lose to the deck that i've loved for forever and i didn't play it it's my <laughs> it's my own fault um but yeah that deck is like you said with grixis death shadow like it's got living end it's about the That's same yeah <laughs> the mana base is different it's, it's it's just a totally different thing now um, yep. but it was awesome to see you know there's just like and like you said, there's subtleties in it and, you know, there's, you know, Brazen Borrowers and like Archmage's Charms and all, all these different things and just comes at a completely different angle. So that was cool. Uh, and I can't remember what the last one that I played against was, which is sad because that's actually the only one I won. <laughs> oh, he was doing, oh, he was doing some crazy like homebrew combo stuff where it was like, um, yeah, Artifact Ramp and a bunch of stuff. He was like. Tron, but he wasn't Tron. And oh, was, that yeah. was the deck that played the what's the XXX artifact that Astral Cornucopia. Yeah, oh, yeah I saw yeah, that guy yeah. sitting next to me at yeah. one point, and I'm like, this deck looks great. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, but I didn't see doing modern has a bunch of random things in it still. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, so he was just like trying to find it out and what it was like, and I, you know, managed to turn one Esper Sentinel, turn two Sagarda's Aid. Hammer, Hammer. <laughs> attack you for 11. <laughs> Would you like to pay 11 to stop me drawing a card? Um, <laughs> that's so, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a pretty, pretty filthy way to, to do that. But um, Yeah, nice. Um, so yeah. that was just pre-Christmas. Uh, and then, then we obviously had a Christmas break where we all caught up a couple of times. We didn't actually get a cube off, which uh, was a bit disappointing, just the... We did play quite a bit of modern and, and a fair bit of commander. Yeah, so that was uh, yeah. that. That was pretty fun. I uh, I did enjoy all you know all of that. Uh, we played played some good matches. I got to do some things uh, with many many permanents um, at, at at various points, and then I was on the receiving end of some some impressive beatdowns and and combos as well. So yeah, it was just it was great. It was you know when you're just happy to be playing magic with your mates in in person. It's like, yeah, I won, I did a thing, and then it was like I lost, but I lost in a really cool way. So I'm happy about that too. So, um, yeah, it was uh, super fun. So it was yep. good. And uh, even Blaster Boy came down for a match or two. Yeah, surely. played a couple of games of Commander with uh, with Chewie and I. That was good fun. Good to see him. Good to see him still slinging spells. 
Yeah, love it. Uh, of of the red variety again, of course. What else as, is there? As always, when you have the blasted yep. boy. Yep, but yeah, we also got J Mud, our resident statistician, and our Envy champion Jedi's Walker to uh, to come over, and we drafted Modern Horizons two, which was good fun. Yeah, what a set, huh? What a set. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was quite fun. Uh, some really good decks getting around. I think uh, Jedi's had a really solid synergistic deck that uh, that pumped out a, a lot of value. Uh, but he ended up getting taken down by uh, Zach, who's uh, not sure what he is on our on our disco at uh, disco Discord. <laughs> Stu's not here, mate. No, but uh, yeah, a long term friend of ours. So uh, yeah, it was was good fun and and good to actually. I mean, we've we've caught up with J Mud plenty of times, so uh, he's just uh, one of the usuals now. But uh, yeah, nice to actually meet Jedi's in person and. Spend some time and uh, save money magic, on posting so. his envy prizes to him. Yes, yes. Like give, actually, hand him his invitational prizes. Didn't have to trust the post with that uh, awesome wheel of fortune. Just uh, give it to him directly. So that no, was good. One thing, like, just I'm, I'm going to quickly mention this, just because a, a lot of other people have been talking about it while we're sort of talking about modern. We played we played that modern event, and then we played a whole bunch of modern at um, uh, over Christmas, and. Like you said, Cracker, and I said as well with the decks that we're playing, they are completely different to how they used to be, and there is just so many Modern Horizons 2 cards getting around now, it's it's getting pretty crazy. And uh, we, we might talk about this maybe next week, but a lot of people are talking about Pioneer again at the moment because they're going, well, Modern is crazy expensive, and it's basically turning into a rotating format with all the new every time an MH uh, Modern Horizons set comes out. Uh, it completely changes the format. Pioneer is has now turned into the only format that is genuinely non-rotating because it only gets the sets from Standard. And so I've listened to, I don't know, Cracker, if you've listened to a few of them this week as well, but like five different podcasts this week have been talking about how Pioneer is all of a sudden a really good format. So might leave that there and just as a bit, a bit of a preview, maybe next week if we don't have much to talk about because I don't think we'll have Kamigawa previews yet. We may uh, we may have to have a bit of a look at Pioneer and, and what's going on there. Let's see if you can conv- convince me to play Pioneer because I've not played a single match <laughs> of it yet. Um, yep, yep. Although everything you just said about modern, uh, the, the one constant, you know, things are always changing, but the more they change, the more they stay the same. Chalice of the Void on one. Still a good card. <laughs> Chalice and one has never been better because the, <laughs> yeah. the mana value of modern, I think, has dropped. Give me my Mox Monkey back so I can cast one. it on turn one. Give me my give, give me, my give my eight. spirit guide back. Yeah, give so, me my spirit yeah. guide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and Opal as well, just because why not? Yes. Yes. And Truckland sure. Ironwax. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, that divulged pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, Look, it, it took me, in, in my defense, it took me like 19 minutes before I, before I, of the first cast of the year. That's that's true. Yeah. So that's that's I'm, some good restraint there, Chewy. Well done, mate. I, I think yeah. I've, I think I've done well. See so if I can Cracker, get to twenty I think minutes. You did, next week. Uh, Cracker, you did some vintage cubing this week. I did. Yeah, I, I I jumped on one last night. I had my free draft, and that was the last day of it. And I was like, oh well, I'm not letting this go to waste. So I jumped on, and Chewy and I went through a draft and ended up twin-ish. No, we ended up with twin. We we got you know. We had a Deceiver Exarch and an actual Splinter Twin, and um, we had Kiki Jiki, and then just a bunch of cards to go with it. And actually, twinned a couple of people out. It was it was pretty great. Turns out that that's still just a lot of fun. Two one in the um, end, uh, and yeah, the way right. that you won the last game of the last round was actually my favourite. Yeah, that, for sure, that was very good. You had Splinter Twin, but you didn't have a Deceiver Exarch. No, but I had a Goblin Rabble Master, and if you were so just the beat down. Just, <laughs> my, my opponent had. Uh, a very dirtly deck. In fact, I'm still not sure what they were trying to do except draw all the cards. They had a Library of but Alexandria. They had a Windfall. A ro- Mox Ruby, and they had a Time Walk as well. Yeah. I had no power. So their deck was definitely, like, much stronger than ours, but all they did was draw cards. Admittedly, I was very jealous the whole time that they were just drawing more cards than us, but, you know, we just cast a, yeah, a Goblin on turn three, and then we made a copy of it in turn four, and then on turn five we... Played Kiki Jiki and copied it again, and turns out if you've got like two or three Goblin Rebel Masters making tokens and getting pumped, <laughs> you just you kill them real fast. I have done that in standard. Yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> pretty great. It's pretty fun. Yeah, pretty great. Uh, Chewy, Chewy, you did a couple as well earlier in the week. Yeah, yeah. I love me some some vintage cube, and I I think I had 
four two ones and a one two. I didn't quite get a trophy out of it. I, I tried very hard and I came very close, but I always ran into somebody with like three pieces of power and they just, you know, crushed me. So, um, but it was, uh, it was really, really good. I love vintage cube. It's great. I even did a couple of, um, arena cubes, uh, had a little less successful, you know, win rate overall on that. Always just, you know how sometimes you run really well in magic and then it's like, I win this game as long as they don't have this one specific card. Oh, no, they've got it. I had that. I had like a few days of that um, over the weekend with um, with Arena Cube, but um, that makes up for the, all of the times where you know I've had it, I guess. So that's that's the variance of the game, but um, it's still really fun. The drafting, the the Arena Cube's actually pretty good. I don't know if it's still running, but I think I think it is. Or it was yesterday at least. But it's only a couple of thousand gold to uh, to enter, and um, yeah, well worth it. So. Good fun. Yeah, cool. And I uh, I actually played some Arena yesterday. I uh, jumped back on the stream, fired the stream up again, and played some Historic, and uh, got the old chickens out of the bin yes, uh, you many, did. many times. Yes, you did. Yeah, so I played through a uh, Historic event. Got, I ended up 7-2, so I got the, got the 7 wins. So I did, did well. But, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, there's a clip that's on the Historic channel on our Discord. I, uh, I managed to pull all four chickens out of my uh, my library and put them into my graveyard in the one turn just to completely rub extra salt into the wound for my opponent uh, i think like two chickens would have been more than enough that they they could handle for those who don't and, know uh, for those who don't know arc light phoenix uh is is what we're referring to as bin chicken right so um yes. it's a it's a bird and it goes into the graveyard there's a bird in australia and probably other places in the world called an ibis and they love a garbage bin and we refer to them here colloquially as bin chickens, so that's what we're calling the deck. So if you're going, what on earth are they talking about here? It's, <laughs> no, it's an alchemy card. You haven't seen that bin chicken alchemy card? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't spent the wild cards on that because yeah, they're mythic. Yeah. <laughs> For no reason. Yeah. You don't want to spoil draft, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, that was that was very cool. And, like, kudos to your opponent. For not scooping and like letting it play out, which made the uh, they did yeah they waited until I attacked and then they then they they scooped. (laughs) But it was like I hit that last one off of I had a surveil to resolve off of a uh, a Dragon's Rage channel. It's amazing what happens when you're and it was like and I'm saying to chat. Yeah, I'm saying to, yeah. When I don't have to remember them myself, I'm saying to chat, it's like, oh, imagine if I get this last one. Like that would be so good. And then yep, flips it up, and there it is. <laughs> it's just like yep, put that in my graveyard, and let's go to combat, and away we go. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. Pretty rude. Uh, yeah, de- definitely. I'll watch that clip. But uh, no, it was good. Uh, played a bit of historic, and uh, yeah, format seems seems like a bit of fun. And uh, yeah, we may talk about historic a bit more over the next couple of weeks and uh have an announcement around that towards the end of the podcast so we better move along we're uh almost halfway through our allotted time and we've gotten through one section on the show notes (laughs) right on right on time yes yes uh so we did mention alchemy there so we're just gonna have a quick chat about alchemy so uh, as I said, like I fired up Arena yesterday, played some Historic. That is literally the first time I've played Arena since my last league match, which was in October last year. So I have not played Arena at all for a very long time, uh, which means I have not played any Alchemy. I believe neither of you guys have played any Alchemy yet and probably not intending on it anytime soon. So Wizards came out, uh, when was it? The 12th of Jan, so earlier this week. And they uh, made an announcement about alchemy, which is really odd. So this, I'm going to read, no, actually, that's not the part I was going to read. Basically, they said they're not going to, that, you know, they know that people want to see some rebalancing in in alchemy, but they've got an arena open on uh, this weekend. So that's, uh, we've spoken about those plenty of times before. It's the usual uh, thing you can enter, best of one or best of three. If you get through to day two, you can win cash. Uh, so definitely give that a go if, if you're keen. But that is Alchemy. That's on this weekend. And then next weekend is a qualifier weekend, which is one of those weekends where if you've made top 1,200 in Mythic, you qualify for it. And then if you do well in that, you can get through to the set championships, that sort of thing. So both of those events are Alchemy. And Wizards has come out and said, 
uh, yeah, you know, we know we've got this fancy digital format where the whole purpose of it was to be able to make changes as much as we want, rebalance things and keep keep formats exciting and that sort of stuff. But we're just going to make you play the same format and then afterwards we're going to do those rebalancings. So we're going to make you play a dead format and then literally the day after or, or the, like the week after the, um, the qualifier weekend, we're going to change the format. So don't bother, you know, getting deck lists or, or anything like that. So what is the go with that, guys? Can anyone explain that to me? No. <laughs> I, I don't. I, yeah. So one of leave, the things leave that, that silence in there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, one of the things they did with Pioneer was they actually really aggressively banned and unbanned cards on a monthly basis for like the first six months or so of the, the format. And it was really cool. Like you knew it was coming and that wasn't a digital only format. That was a paper format. But yeah. it was it was from the outset, that was the whole premise. We're like, look, here we go. We've got a whole bunch of cards we're going to throw in. We don't know how it's going to play out. So let's just adjust as we go. I wish they'd taken the approach here. They said that they were going to do a similar sort of thing, right? Like every, what they say, six weeks or something like that, they were going to do uh, Originally, I said every, every month. It was like, yeah, yeah. Month, monthly we'll make adjustments and change. I mean, the format's only been out since... Like for basically just over a month, right? So I then make like adjustments. Eighth of eighth of uh, December, I think it released on Arena. Sure, but yeah, it's like the whole purpose of this format is it's digital only. We can do whatever we want, and we can make formats exciting and that sort of stuff. And then they just, for no reason at all, go, "No, we're just going to stick to our same old system that we've been doing and wait and see what it looks like after the event." And and I, you know, I understand. They want to see high-level play, not just ladder play, that sort of thing. But why not do some rebalancing the week before it, make it an exciting format, and then see what happens when the high-level players play that format. And then you can make more changes after that if you want, because that's the so, format that you've got. <laughs> I, I guess the uh, argument from, from their perspective, you know, not that Wizards needs a devil's advocate, but <laughs> is, you know, uh, uh, no, I don't have nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's 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 the idea that you know you don't want to have to um, break a format before a large event has has historically been the argument that they've run. Yeah, which but that's been runs the counter for to paper yeah, I know, which, yeah, well, I mean, but then it runs counter to the fact that PTs were two weeks after set releases, right? So you know, it, you give them to it's yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. And the the thing that annoys me about this particularly is that they're setting a precedence for just not having to do things now. Like, they didn't have to do a lot, but let's make a couple of changes. Like, let's keep it in the mindset of the format will be moving constantly. Like, let's yeah. just do something. Like, let's buff some random commons. Like, who yeah. cares? Just yep. do something. Pick a random archetype that you go, you know, this archetype's close. Or, like, you know, look at the deck lists that are being played and go, all right, here's five decks. Because, obviously, they get all the win percentages on their, their end. They can get all mm -hmm. that data. You go, okay, here's the top five decks that are doing really well, like really high win percentages. Then here's three decks under that that are not quite there. They're, do they're doing okay, but they're not quite there. Let's just buff a couple of cards in those three or four decks that are that next level down. Yeah, and spice it up. And then all of a yeah. sudden it's like, okay, we go from a format where we're going to have three or four decks as the top decks to a format where potentially like someone can go, ooh, okay, this card that they just buffed now has this cool interaction and I can bring this spicy deck and people have only got a week or two weeks to prepare for it. And if no one else finds this deck, then I've got the broken deck for the format, which is what we've seen in Pro Tours in the past. And it's awesome when that stuff happens. And then after it, you go, okay, hang on, that deck is now broken. So now we just change it and adjust it again, whatever. So just make like 50 really more dumb. cards for party because that mechanic just never worked. <laughs> yeah, pick a mechanic and go. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just like go, all right, here we go. We've got these things are all wizards now and these things are all <laughs> yeah, just, clerics. Just add creature types. <laughs> just, add, just add subtypes to them and it's fine. <laughs> Easy. Uh, yep. So, yeah, they did tack on to their announcement. Uh, I'll read this. It says, After the qualifier weekend, you can look forward to Alchemy's next phase with a new handful of rebalanced cards coming your way. There will be boosts to some fun cards that aren't getting much love right now, as well as adjustments for some current strategies. We're excited for it, and we hope you are too. Yes, do that, but before your major events. Goodness me, wizards. Hopeless. And, like, that's something we sort of look at with with our events is ideally you want your like if we're running a standard event we don't want to run a standard event 
just before a new set releases because yeah exactly like i said it's an old format and it's about to get changed anyway so we want to run like our envy was crimson vow standard like two weeks or something after crimson vow had released specifically for that reason because it's like okay this is going to be a brand new format let's see what we get didn't pan out that way because standard was already super stale and the, the set didn't have much of an impact but we tried what, we did our bit yeah exactly yeah <laughs> we don't design the cards <laughs> when yeah when we did that alchemy podcast like i was quite okay this is going to be the future like wizards will this will become wizards flagship uh format for all their major major play and that sort of stuff yeah well like they're they're obviously pushing it like these you got the arena open this weekend there's a qualify weekend i'm pretty sure they've already announced the next qualify weekend is also alchemy so it seems like their premier play is going to be alchemy and it's likely the next set championship may also be alchemy i don't think they've announced that yet so it's it's going to end up that side but they do need to manage it in a in a way that keep continues to make it exciting and make people want to play it what i'm struggling with and I, I mentioned this to a few guys sort of over christmas i'm not i don't want to spend any wild cards because it, like the way things are going to work now you know kamigawa comes out on feb the 10th then three or four weeks later we get a bunch of alchemy cards then like a month or so after that we get a new set and then a few weeks after that, we get more alchemy. When do I get to the point where it's like, okay, this is the deck I want to play and I'm happy to craft my cards? We don't because it's just, it's like, do I play standard? Do I play alchemy? Do I wait? Like, when's when's the meta settle? Like, when do I figure out what I want to play? I don't know. <laughs> and so I'm just stuck in a spot where it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm just not playing alchemy or standard and I'll just play historic or something else instead. So it's interesting. Yeah, I I. I'd like to see where we're at in six months' time and, and sort of, yeah. It, it won't change because fundamentally it, it comes back to the economy being broken. Yeah, right? I think we should do a, a podcast, maybe almost an evergreen, on, on the arena economy and, and maybe compare that compare it to other games and things like that. But, uh, yeah, the economy is a bit messed up. So Yeah, yeah anyway. a, bit of, a bit of research on uh, the other games might be in, in order, but, yeah. Yeah, uh, so Alchemy, I'm, I'm not willing to touch it yet. Yeah, when I said I was going to stream yesterday, I had some requests for alchemy, and no, nah, I just don't want to. I'm limited on my wild cards. I don't want to spend them now and then find out that my deck is no good and I've just wasted all my wild cards. So, uh, yeah, it's um, an interesting time in uh, in arena. So, you got to save them for all these sweet ninjas we've got coming, man. <laughs> yes. Good uh, segue to our next topic. So Kamigawa, Neon Dynasty. I keep calling it Neon Destiny, but no, it is officially <laughs> Neon Dynasty. Is coming out in about three, four weeks. One, two, three, four weeks, I think it is. Previews start on the 27th of uh, January. I think we'll have about a, a week solid of, of previews again, so we'll definitely be covering a bunch of those. We've already seen a few cards, uh, which we may touch on later if we uh, if we have enough time. But uh, Chewy, you shared with us today a uh, a video that Wizards had put out, and uh, I'm like three quarters of the way through watching it. It's quite quite interesting. Do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on on what that was? Yeah, absolutely. So it's on the main Magic channel on the Magic the Gathering. Uh, YouTube channel, and it's uh, hosted by Jimmy Wong, everyone's favorite host. No, Cat Bauhaus is everyone's favorite host. Uh, everyone's second favorite host. Uh, and it is titled Building Worlds Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. So, uh, and it's a bit of a roundtable discussion with some of the creatives involved with the uh, with the process. And they, yeah, they talk about the, the art influences, uh, doing a callback to the original Kamigawa set, which was 18 years ago, which was insane. So I've been telling people I've played, been playing Magic for 17 years, but it's actually 19. I think I've been saying 17 years for two years. But yeah, that's what happens when you get old. And I had an onion on my belt, as was the style at the time. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Simpsons reference. Uh, but what I, I really liked was they've obviously listened to some of the feedback from the original Kamigawa set. Now, bear in mind, Japan is an amazingly huge market for magic, right? There's a lot of lot of people in Japan that enjoy this game. And then they brought out this Japanese-themed sets, and it was pretty appropriative 
in some aspects and and you know just wrong in 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 others where you know they just took certain tropes added some very western stereotypes to them and and that was kamigawa so what they've done to mitigate that this time is they've actually brought in a cultural consultant to make sure things are, are true to the source material it's still a magic set and they still need to make cards to be a functional magic set but they yeah they brought in this this team to try to make it you know <laughs> less offensive uh and it sounds like by watching this video that they've done a really good job and some of the things that were really interesting came about were you know not all ogres are bad guys uh making sure that weapon use uh, and armor was appropriate to the creature type and right down to the detail of if you tuck the right side of your kimono in first or your left side of the kimono in one means it's of like a burial garment one is how you wear it day to day so right down to that sort of uh that sort of level so it was pretty cool to see that and see that representation and see the uh you know the the culture from the original kamigawa that that we saw all those years ago evolve into this you know futuristic cyberpunk-esque you know, neon setting. And anyone who's been to Japan, been to Tokyo particularly, there's a lot of neon lights. It feels very Japanese, modern Japanese. So it's a great mix between that feudal Japanese and modern Japan. And I'm quite excited about it. About it, The, the video really kind of sparked my interest rather than just about the cards and what's going to be playable and what decks. It's actually got me really interested in the world. So if you're interested in the fluff, the flavor, the the world building, the characters and such from a from a magic set perspective, I do recommend checking that video out. Uh, did you crackers so, all over that stuff? Cracker, I watched it. Yeah, no, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> crackers of Orthos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 That's you know. Feel, no, feels look, casual. It, it, it's. I think it's interesting that they they showed a lot of material of like here's the way the kitsune or the kitsune, however you're supposed to actually pronounce it. We're gonna murder this set. We apologize in advance for our terrible <laughs> pronunciation. We promise we'll be better than Saffron Olive, but not much. Um, <laughs> but, like, there's there's art guides and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, oh, it would be cool if that was just released, like, after, you know, the set. Like, I know they do- I did see someone put that in the comments. They're like, you, so you're telling me you've got a whole book that is, like, yeah, the yeah. art director and the world- Exactly, world literally document got world or building. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Can you please release that so all these people that do role-playing stuff <laughs> have access right? to all that? It's like, just- oh, yeah, That would be a good idea. It's it's an, a massive amount of effort that this whole team has put in. It's like a 300-page document, right? You and, just never see. And sure. if they're doing the magic D&D crossover stuff, like we've seen, obviously, with the D&D set, there was a campaign and then there was- Maybe a the Ravnica one. As well, yeah, like- if if I'm gonna play a a, a magic themed D and D campaign, if I've got that book as source material and I'm like not only playing but if I'm DMing, to have that to d- delve into as a reference would be amazing. Uh, aside from that, what an amazing coffee table book. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, that'd be but sick. just just put it up online. Like, uh, what's it doing otherwise? Like, come on. Make wizards. money out of it, wizards. I was going to say you can monetize You've this. Got to make sure money you out guys of work, You can work that out. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. Put it up on Kindle or something. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was really like that, that. That was the part that interested me. It's like you know you get stories that go along with you know like the new Kato and you know Planeswalker and all that sort of stuff. So that's cool. But there's obviously a lot more that doesn't go into the little you know stories you get to read. So I don't know. I'm, I'm keen, yeah. man. I loved Kamigawa. Like that was kind of right. When I started playing, that's when I was learning still. Yeah, well, that's, what, that's what I was going to ask. So I, was, I was pretty sure. I know you've got a Snakes Commander deck. I do. Um, and, and yeah, I know, I know you had a few decks from around that time. So that's that's when you actually started playing Magic around Kamigawa? Yeah, so I, I started playing in, uh, like, 8th edition was kind of the first s- s- cards I ever touched. Yep. There was, like, some pre-cons from then. And then there was the, um, like, Darksteel, Mirrodin block before this yep, yep. which which i played through um but super casually like that was when i was first very much learning how the game worked in any way shape or form yep. and then yeah kamigawa is when i was kind of starting to like build my own things and i remember getting like the least this mono green snake pre-con thing and adding cards to it and you know like that that was a lot of fun to me so that's kind of when i got right into it it was great 
Yeah, I know. Um, like both for both Chewy and so, like Chewy, you started playing around similar time to to Cracker. I I'd been playing for quite a while before then, but uh, when Kamigawa was in standard, was the first time I started playing competitively and uh, being introduced to cards like Kusho and, and Yose. <laughs> it was just like, what these cards do? What? What? What do you mean? You like you're gonna sacrifice it and then you're gonna bring it back and it's gonna do the same thing? And I don't get to untap it. Like what? Sacrificing <laughs> Yose to greater good. Oh, yeah, greater good. Peak magic. Peak magic. Uh, that's. Yeah. I, I remember looking at that and going, oh, I can sacrifice. Kakusho to that and they're gonna lose fighting but then it's like oh hang on the white one means that they don't ever get another turn yeah <laughs> basically uh, i mean yeah, if it is their turn they happy. just get to play one land and then pass it back yeah yeah exactly yeah that, that, um but i mean that we've made it sound miserable but uh that that ravnica kamigawa standard was i, I haven't found a standard better than, than that in the no. 20 years I've been playing this game. And so. it, it is hard to know, like, I mean, we've we've spoken about this previously. Like, back then, obviously, we're looking at things through rose-coloured glasses. You know, that's sort of when we first started playing competitively. So you've got all this nostalgia and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's, it was also in a time that is so different to what it is now. Like, the first couple of tournaments I played at Card Heaven... I was playing random garbage brews with one of this card and two of this card and a deck that just did not function at all because there was no, like, like net decking was sort of not really a thing. There was no coverage. There was, like, nothing nothing really to, to get there a meta game no off. no Planeswalkers? Yes, no, yes, before, <laughs> before Planeswalkers as well. But, yeah, like, this was a long time ago where formats weren't solved. And I wonder, and, and this is something... I think we've suggested this before on the podcast. It would be so good for Wizards to do flashback formats and, you know, re- re-release sets or, like, re-release a set onto onto Arena or whatever and go, okay, here you go. Everyone's been raving about how good Kamigawa Ravnica Standard was. Here it is on Arena for two weeks. You can play it. They've done that on Magic Online before. Yeah, and act- yeah. actually see see what it's like. And, and I know, like... Um, yeah, they've done on Magic Online. They've I know people run like private tournaments and things like that where you you're playing an old format. But yeah, it would be interesting to see if if a format that we're so fond of actually stands up to the test of time when you've got millions and millions of matches being played in in the space of a few days, sort of thing, or if it just gets completely broken. You're like, ah, okay, maybe this this format wasn't so good. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm super keen on on Kamigawa as well. And like the thing I found interesting watching that video was. Obviously, when Wizards do a set that is just based in their world, like a, a world that Wizards have created where they're not referencing things like, you know, we've seen recently, we've seen Kaldheim, which is obviously a Viking-based set. We saw Strixhaven, which is a Harry Potter ripoff. Um, but there's there's other worlds, you know, like uh, like Innistrad and things like that. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's the worlds that they've created. So you're not having that... Uh, real-world cultural uh, accuracies that are required for for that set to to you know make sure that you're doing things properly. So they, I don't know what extent that they go to, but watching that video, it's like wow! Like you guys have gone to so much effort for effectively just the art on the cards because like what the creatures actually do have nothing to do with cultural significance i don't i don't think i wouldn't wouldn't think so but it's really just comes down to the art and for so many people the art on the cards means absolutely nothing but i guess you want to uh, make sure that you're getting it right and if you can build that world successfully then that makes your your set more popular so i i did like that they you know they, they still need to represent ninjas uh to be accurate and and i think that's something that they've i will see when the set comes out how and I'm obviously not a Japanese historian because I, I don't know, but how well that's received. Um, so ninjas in, you know, sort of Western popularized culture, are, you know, some sort of, um, you know, murder cult, is I think the term they used in the, in the video. And these, the samurai are, um, you know, these honorable, you know, stoic warriors where in reality they were, they were people. So there was different factions and different types and, trying to represent that through the uh, through the the game and the mechanics and the cards. I think, 
you know, some of the mechanics can reflect that. Uh, the art is absolutely the, that's the first thing you see reflecting that. But I yeah, think it yeah. does go deeper than that. Um, that's the but, thing that's going to get you in trouble as well if you, if you do something wrong, as we've seen in the past from Magic Cards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's a bit of a gamble, I guess. So if you've got a market for Magic as big as Japan... You know, doing a Japanese themed set from a marketing perspective obviously makes sense, but you want to do it well so it is actually a success. So, hopefully, by bringing in these consultants and listening to them and hopefully getting good advice from the consultants, it is a success and, and it's a good set that's not only flavorful and pretty. And some of the art that we've seen, like jump on a scryfall and look at the basic lands, my goodness. Um, but yeah, hopefully, it's, you know, not only as all of those things, but hopefully it's just a good set that impacts standard and is interesting and has a lot going on. So I guess that's what we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super keen on Kamigawa from a nostalgia point of view and like I, I like, you know, the art style and um, the themes and that sort of stuff from the, the Japanese culture and that sort of thing. But I'm a massive fan of the cyberpunk genre. Uh, I've played played a whole bunch of cyberpunk roleplay growing up uh, always been a huge fan actually i think i think cyberpunk was actually the very first roleplay game that i played like actual ro- roleplaying like in in-person roleplaying not not an rpg as in a computer game so yeah a, a lot of nostalgia with that as well and, and always loved that that world uh, and so seeing those two things com- being combined uh, and also like i've just recently been playing cyberpunk 2077 on uh, on pc myself so um yeah seeing that world in uh like being brought to life in cyberpunk was really cool and now seeing it on on cards is is cool and, and yeah some of the artwork that we're seeing it and like at the start of that video that you shared chewy there's a short like one minute or whatever promo thing i guess you'd call it for neon dynasty where you see a bit of the world and and that sort of thing and, and it just looks amazing uh the, all the all the bright neon lights there's also uh what looks like i'm assuming it looks like the wanderer is yeah. going to be in in the set um based on the video I'm, I'm assuming that's who it is in like it looks very much like them who was a planeswalker that we saw on Dominaria. ravnica ravnica sorry yeah as part of the war of the spark thing right yeah war of the spark yeah and and we didn't we don't know basically anything about that that planeswalker but uh there they are 1200 years in the future so uh yeah that's that's gonna be cool because uh yeah the, that character was definitely sort of a uh a samurai looking uh, character so uh, yeah, yeah and in, in the video they alluded to you know an, an overarching storyline uh which we you know we haven't seen obvious signs of since you know the the gatewatch stuff um, you know, where we had, you know, the Avengers, <laughs> basically. Um, <laughs> so uh, it was um, it was cool to, to see that because I did enjoy the, you know, the War of the Spark, Nicol Bolas, you know, grand master plan with the subplot of Liliana with the demon contracts happening and all of that stuff was uh, pretty cool to see different sets interwoven together. So... You know, there might be a few sort of light bulb moments where we look at certain cards or um, planeswalkers or something from the last few sets and seeing them sort of in a new light over recent in sorry in upcoming sets throughout the Brothers War and etc. Where it's like, oh, that's into that you know those things intersect here. They're actually related and having a yeah a broader story arc than just a single set. It's pretty cool. Mm. Definitely looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing more previews. Uh, yeah, like one of the guys said, the lands just look. Oh man, these lands look amazing. Uh, definitely go and look those up if you if you haven't seen them. Uh, and then there's we're well, obviously you know as as we've been getting in every set, you get alternate printings of cards. What did you call? There's a name for this style of uh, this alternate printing where there's like the different colours. It's like an ink thing or something. Uh, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but they, um, one of the things with the art is the, there's a cycle of legendary dragons. It wouldn't be a Kamigawa set without that, but they actually commissioned traditional Japanese artists to do traditional Japanese oil paintings in the, you know, the traditional style. So yeah, things like that are very cool to, uh, to include in a set. So I love it. Yeah, right. They're called neon ink. Yeah, that's it. 
yeah, so there's Hidetsugu is one of them. And uh, yeah, there's like a yellow one and a blue one and a green one and a red one. I think that's purple. I don't know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there's the, they're, they're neon ink red and neon, neon ink yellow. Yes. Uh, and I think they're going to do that for a few of them. And then I mean, they've just kind of gone ham. Like with the with Umazawa, Satoru Umazawa, there's like three or four different versions of him. And then there's like three or four different versions of their Kaito as well. So, yeah. They're glad I don't run a website that has to <laughs> tell you what version of cards you're buying because good luck with that. It's the Japanese alternate. Which one of the three Japanese alternates is it, though? <laughs> All right. Cool. The pretty one. Uh, oh, hang on. The, oh, yeah, yeah. That narrows it down to all of the set. Yeah. 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 yeah I think this is definitely going to be one of those sets where almost every card you're going, oh, wow, look at the art on that card. Because, yeah, like we've seen some in the past that have really sort of taken fancy. Actually, I, I remember cracking packs of Eldraine and there was a lot of really cool, just like fitting in with the, the storybook theme. It was like, oh, look at this card. That's so cool. Oh, that's my daughter on that card. Like things things like that. Flax and, an intruder. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think there's going to be a few things like that on these cards. So I, uh, I'm i trying to get away from buying, you know, boxes of standard sets these days, seeing as I don't really know what I'm buying them for. But I think I'm still going to be putting in a pre-order for, uh, for some of these cards because... They're going to be good to crack. I know my wife's going to like looking at the art on all these cards, and I definitely want some of those lands. So we'll, uh, I'll put in an order because I'm a, a crack addict. Cardboard crack. Just can't get enough. So with those basics, I think there's only one in every three packs. Really? Yep. Right. So I'm buying a lot so of packs. You're not guaranteed. <laughs> I could be misremembering that, but I remember thinking, huh, it's not just like guaranteed. Mm, okay. One of those ones. So I imagine I'll have like other standard basics as well. Yeah, right. But I was crossing yeah. my fingers and hoping that they were coming and I was going to get a pack of them in a bundle. But uh, oh, that yeah. might not be the case. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> we've, we've had that in the past with uh, with some of the full, the art, full art ones. That's true. Yeah. Yep. All right. But yeah, we might get into the actual previews. Like we've only got a few cards at the moment, uh, unless there's uh, one that, uh, that you guys specifically want to talk about. You did mention uh, Umazawa, maybe you were... Uh, Maybe, uh, Cracker, if you want to read that one for us. Sure. Love to. So, Satoru Umazawa. Umazawa is obviously uh, a very um, key part of the original Kamigawa story. And Umazawa's Jute strikes fear into the heart of many people. <laughs> um, fear in the so, heart of many X1 creatures. Correct. Correct. Uh, so, he is a legendary human ninja. Uh, so, one black blue. For a 2-4, uh, and it says, Whenever you activate a ninjutsu ability, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. This ability triggers only once each turn. Each card in your hand has ninjutsu to black, blue. So, ninjutsu is a ability from the original set, where if you attacked with a creature and it was unblocked, you could ninjutsu it in, which meant you returned the attacking creature to your hand, and then you had a ninja. Sneakily come and attack in its place, basically. And <laughs> so some now of the ninjas like Blightsteel Colossus artifact creature ninja. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So I mean people have obviously joked about that, but ninjutsu is one of like the, the best things out of OG Kamigawa in in my opinion. Uh and you know, there's some pretty like Fallen Shinobi was in the a recent one that came out where you could like cast things out of your opponent's graveyards and stuff and yeah there's what was it ink eyes was one of the original yeah. ones as well ninja so. of the deep hour was probably my favorite all time yeah let's you draw a card right ninja yeah. of the deep hour is one of the most popular uh, we did see what was the rogue from that might have actually been from eldraine that had ninjutsu but it wasn't called ninjutsu that was that was also two blue black for its its ninjutsu cost yeah it was one uh, of the rogues no i'm just gonna say ralph Zarek, but i think that's a planeswalker Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a blue blue black rogue that had the same ability, but it wasn't actually called ninjutsu. But yeah, definitely the probably the most successful Zareth San. Zareth San. That's, that's the one. one. Uh, I knew there was a Z in there somewhere. Probably the most successful mechanic and the most uh, memorable and remembered uh, mechanic from from that uh, that set. Come well on, man, soul shift. Oh, yeah. I'm sad they're not bringing Bushido back. To be honest with you, <laughs> I liked that yeah, mechanic, that but really I, I get why they didn't bring it back. It's not. It's not eloquent at all yeah, yeah. no i agree but I, I was kind of looking forward to it yep 
That's fine. So, yeah, I think people are super happy to see this card because it is a ninja commander, basically. Correct. It, uh, it goes very well in a ninja deck. And it'll be interesting and, to see if yeah. if we see a an actual ninja deck because I don't think we've got ninjas in any other sets. That's not a creature type that is really in any other sets other than Kamigawa. So there may not be enough actual ninjas to play a proper ninja deck, but you may just play this guy just to get the ability to give your other creatures ninjutsu. You know, if you've got good creatures that gear, uh, that have good uh, abilities that trigger. Yeah, combat yeah. damage triggers. That's, that's what I'm trying to spit out here. It's been a while since I've recorded a podcast. It takes me a while to get my thoughts together. So he, he may be useful just for, for that sort of thing. So what I want to know is, are we going to see... What's what's the odds we're going to see Ninja of the Deep Hours reprinted in this set? Ooh, slim to none. Yeah? I don't know, 50-50. <laughs> what do you think? Just just sit on that fence, Cracker. Yeah, man. Well, so Chewie's, yeah. Chewie's saying it's not going to get reprinted, or it's unlikely. Cracker's sitting on the fence. I'm going to say it is going to get reprinted. I, I think it is. It's not overpowered, and it is just such an iconic card. For Kamigawa, I reckon it. I reckon it will get reprinted, and I will be so happy when it does. As will probably the other two guys on the podcast with me right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It says draw a card on it. Why? <laughs> what else do I want to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we saw what was that? There was the squid thing from uh, that was Eldraine as well. That that had like flash and uh, mutate. You could mutate your creature, and it had oh the combat damage to a player. Yeah, to uh, oh that's the Sea Dasher Octopus. Yeah, right? that's the yeah. one. Yep. That was the uh, the closest yeah. thing we've had to Ninja of the Deep Hours. Yeah, yeah. apart from like the um, Curious Obsession and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yep. Going back, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to see a deck like that come back. Well, so I we think Ninja see. of the Deep Hours might make that that mono blue style tempo deck more interesting, more appealing in historic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it'd be mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I'd, I would love to see it because uh, yeah, like I, it's a or it's also Pioneer. A common, yeah, it's a common, so uh, I've played it in, I've played quite a bit of the mono blue like Delver deck in, in Pauper. Pauper, yeah. And uh, yeah, played, that plays Four Ninja of the Deep Hours, of course, uh, as well as it being in my Pauper cube. So yeah, always uh, always keen to see that card. So that's the that's the prediction. So Chewie says no, Cracker sits on the fence, and I say yes, we will see how it pans out in a couple of weeks. So we'll leave Kamigawa there. Uh, we will touch on the previews as we get more of them in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the last thing we'll just touch on on the way out the door is the tournament series. So Josh and Pat are back, as we said at the start of the uh, the podcast, which means uh, they are being awesome <laughs> again and giving us stuff to give you guys as prizes. So we'll be running a tournament series pretty similar to... Uh, the one from last year we we've sort of found that structure to work quite well so there'll be one day events there'll be leagues uh we may change the structure of the leagues a little bit we'll announce that as we uh as we actually get closer to the first league kicking off but it'll be pretty similar in terms of probably a uh, it should be a a one day event between each league so there'll be should be four one day events and then uh four leagues that will roughly coincide with uh, set releases and the uh, the one day events being sort of in in between those. So uh, same same deal, you know, playing the leagues they're free. You earn points, uh, envy points, and uh, league winners should go through to the invitational at the end of the year. And uh, there'll be a you know leaderboard where you can earn your way in just through grinding and getting enough points. So should be a lot of fun. There'll be plenty of prizes, as it always is, and everything will be free to enter. So make sure you're in our Discord to get in on those, because they're uh, they're stacks of fun, and I'm looking forward to uh, to playing in them. We will announce uh, formats as we get closer to them. We're not we haven't locked in what we want to do for the leagues yet. So we're planning on running a historic one day event on the fifth of Feb. So you can put that in your calendars now. I'll do an announcement about that in the next week and. Uh, set up the challenge thing for it but the leagues are a little bit tricky and we haven't locked in what we want to do yet in terms of playing alchemy or standard or or historic or or whatever we want to do just we we need to see what wizards are doing in terms of their support and what they're pushing as well as when when things are actually releasing so stay tuned for that we'll give more details for that as we get close to the league but yeah kick it off historic event uh 5th of feb free to enter there'll be prizes i think the previous historic events were like 200 bucks of prizes somewhere around that i can't remember off the top of my head but uh yeah good good value and a lot of fun either way so and uh ideally one of the beans will be streaming it so keep an eye out for that 
and that's going to do us for this week. So uh, usual wrap-up. Uh, I've already mentioned the Discord and the League stuff. So, yeah, jump in the Discord if you're not already in there. Awesome community. Come and join us, and we'll have a lot of fun this year. You can go and check out our merch store. I did put up some new stuff on the merch store. There are some female cut, like, T-shirts and hoodies and things like that. If you want to uh, pick one of those up, go and check that out. Link is in the show notes as always. Go and check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Grab some bargains on their daily auctions or their buy it now uh, specials that they have going on. And then uh, go and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all of those places. You can search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast, and you should be able to find us there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. Bye.